It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Purple Daily on Draft. Yeah, we have a new little intro here from our friends uh, at the graphics department at Score North. Hit that subscribe button, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Of course, this is Purple Daily on Draft. Tyler Fornis, Miles Gorham, Declan Goff here. Uh, we're going to bring you a little bonus episode, a little day early than our usual episode on Mondays. We're coming at you on a Sunday, on Championship Sunday, because Forno, on our normal recording time, will be arriving, I think, right in Mobile, Alabama around that time. So we figured we'll move Purple Daily on Draft up a day instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll hit you with a little bit of a preview of what Forno's looking for in that Senior Bowl, what prospects could be on the rise. And then we'll also, we're going to do uh, a live mock draft simulator we haven't done that yet on purple daily on draft we do it on purple daily the main flagship show figured we would do it uh here on purple daily on draft with you guys as well because i've seen some comments that want us to do it so we'll get into that in just a little bit uh hit that subscribe button for the daily vikings entertainment on youtube of course we're on podcast on apple spotify score north app however you listen we appreciate a five-star review all right forno you're going down to mobile and miles i know you've been down there before as well uh, so, Forno, are, are there any ones you're circling that you're really excited uh, to watch and grind the tape and get in person looks at? Who, who are kind of the guys you're excited to see at the Senior Bowl this week? For me, it, it's it's going to be specifically about drills, and I'm going to be looking at one-on-ones. And one-on-ones come in many shapes and sizes. Like Vikings linebacker Ivan Pace Jr. was dominant in pass-blocking drills because running backs couldn't get their hands on him, and he was so slippery and being able to be be as small as he is and he could get underneath those running backs and be able to uh, wreak havoc that way tank dell was dominant in receiver one-on-ones even though he was 5'8 163 because nobody could get their hands on him not even in press coverage and i talked about this on my show uh the real forno show on vikings first and skull when 
you take these drills and practice and the whole process of the senior bowl, I count it as about 10% of the overall draft process and the overall how you would evaluate these players because you're not necessarily playing real football, but the skills and everything that you display on the practice field do translate to the actual game. So you want to look at, okay, this guy's getting open here. Does that match the film? And if it doesn't, why doesn't it? And so that those are the kind of the things I'll be looking for as a general scale. But a couple of players I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Arizona wide receiver, Jacob Cowling. He transferred from UTEP after the 2021 season. And it was interesting because at UTEP, he was a deep threat. He's only uh, like 5'11", 178. Like he's not the biggest guy. He's probably going to be a slot in the NFL. But he was used out wide in a, in a true, like, we're just going to throw you go bombs. And Arizona 2022, they did a lot more deep stuff with him. But this year, they had the emergence of Tatero and McMillan, who is probably going to be the top receiver in 25. And he was used more as a true slot guy, a guy that you're going to throw underneath stuff to screens and let him work. And I think looking at what the picture is going to be for him is going to be really interesting while we're in Mobile. And I'm really, really excited to kind of see what that looks like. And another guy I'm really, really excited about is New Hampshire running back Dylan Labe. I watched him yesterday and the dude made the all four team. He's fun. He's, he's a true running back, but people talk about using Christian McCaffrey like an actual receiver. They actually use this guy as a wide receiver. I saw multiple reps of him going into the slot running out routes, running hitches. They would throw slot fades to him, and he got one against Central Michigan, and he took it for like 60 yards. This guy has a little bit of everything to his game. I'm a little concerned about the athletic profile. I'm not sure how fast he is because it can be hard to judge against lesser competition because when you look at lesser competition, they are normally a little bit slower a little bit less athletic than when you talk at the FCS level and when you talk about the FBS level. So I don't know how how quick and fast he is because it can be hard to compare it at times on film. So I'm really excited to see him against an, uh, the next level of competition to kind of see what that looks like. It's going to be a really fun week. A lot of really, really talented players. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, and that's what makes this so fun. Miles, you've been down there before too, man. I know you've had had some fun times at Mobile. What are the things, you know, Forno says individual drills, you know, and whatnot. What are what are things that you've, when you've gone down there, that you really like to hone in on, on prospects that you want to see, you know, flash or things that kind of make them stand out, I guess, in the senior bowl with all those great prospects that are there? The indie drills really are the key, in my opinion, because what, what you don't get from college got, from college players and prospects when they're on their respective teams is their focus on that scheme. That specific scheme is what they have to focus on and, and play within. And so when they come to the Senior Bowl, especially in individual drills, you get to k- kind of see a little bit more of like their true skill set. You get to see a little bit more of who they are as an individual player, not as a team. And that in, in this draft, prospe- draft process is super important for them as an individual. They're no longer like a team. It's no longer a team. It's about them as an individual. So how can they best show themselves that they might not always get to show on their teams? Like I think – um, Spencer, Spencer Rattler is one of the guys that I'm really excited to see. I know he's a name, a QB name that hasn't, has kind of gotten flown under the radar. Um, he's a guy just a few years ago who was touted as a potential number one overall pick. Now, obviously that, that was a little premature, but I mean, he, he has the skill set that I think should maybe show a little bit more, um, of that arm strength and things, um, uh, 
at the senior bowl that you might not see some of the things you might not have seen at South Carolina. I think Bo Nix is another one too. You want to see him out of that current scheme that he was in at Oregon and kind of see how he fits within like a, an NFL style structure. I think that in itself at the senior bowl is really important for all these guys is like, how do they fit within like an NFL setting from NFL coaches? How do they take coaching? How to, how do they um, take the approach? Cause some guys, may have never played special teams. And I think special teams is a key part of the senior bowl. No, some of these guys have never played special teams in college. And I think you go to the senior bowl because a lot of these guys to get through the league and get into the league and make a roster, they're going to have to play special teams. Those types of things are super important for them. Um, and then obviously you, you um, fast forward to this individual drills. It's just, again, you get to really show out who you are as an individual um, and, and what the, you get to show what NFL coaches look for because they're going to they're going to be teaching you the way that they teach NFL players. So you kind of get to show them how you how that skill set fits with what they're looking for. And so I I love that part of it. I've always been like a one-on-one's individuals. I always like to see like uh um <clears throat> who was the uh he was drafted by the um uh he played with Ivan Pace at Cincinnati. Got drafted by the the uh, the Vegas Raiders um wide receiver, small dude, not Tank Dell, uh, Tucker. Thank you. Thank you. Uh um Tucker, uh, I can't remember. Trey Tucker. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember watching him in individual drills because I remember watching him coming into the Senior Bowl last year, being like, "This dude's explosive." But you know, he's kind of a gadget player. And then you see him at the Senior Bowl doing individual drills, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna keep an eye on this guy because there's something else there that like I wasn't really seeing on tape." And I think that, like Michael Wilson last year, is a perfect example. Wide receiver out of Stanford, drafted by the Cardinals. You just don't get to see a lot of that stuff on tape that you get to see in individual drills. The way these guys move. Um, I'm a wide receiver offensive guy. So like, that's always going to be the areas I hone in on. And I feel like those guys really get to excel in these types of scenarios. Um, and so I, I it's really fun just to kind of watch, watch how these guys develop as individuals compared to how they were on tape or how they were at, you know, at their respective colleges. To kind and of build off what Miles said really quick, yeah. uh, Declan, I think you made a really good point about the environment because this environment is a complete anomaly from anything these guys are really going to experience in the national football league, because it, it's an all-star game. You have a, a bunch of people going down to talk to you after practice. And some of them are real professionals. Some of them are kids just getting a start. Like when I went four years ago, I was a nobody. I was, I was just a guy who worked in a restaurant who was trying to figure out how to navigate this media world. And it's it's a very unique process. And then you have you not just practice, then you go have a lot of meetings with teams. And then you go have meetings with your coaches. Like it's seeing how you navigate something so weird and unique can really tell a lot about a person and it's about the behind the scenes stuff that can matter a lot too. And, and I think that's that's what I was gonna ask too about Forno, about like and and you guys too, just how important some of these things are because you know, we we hear about the combine and the draft, obviously too, with that gets all the attention, but I, I feel like this senior bowl too is kind of a it, it's definitely picked up a lot more attention i'm not saying people don't care about it but it's definitely something i think people still are sleeping on a little bit in terms of the development and the chances of some of these guys becoming nfl prospects mm-hmm. yeah it's it, this the beginning of this is so key because you can open eyes to a lot of people and to miles's point about kind of you didn't see a lot of this stuff on film some of it is just because of the the schemes that they run so if you're running an air raid, you're not running a full route tree. You're running a right. very limited scope. So then when and it doesn't mean that those guys can't do it. That's yeah. the part that we don't know sometimes is it doesn't mean those guys can't do it. You just didn't get to see it on their film because they weren't asked to do it. And that's the hard part mm-hmm. about 
assessing prospects is sometimes just because they weren't asked to do it doesn't mean they can't do it. And you have to you have to be able to contextualize that, and and it, that can be what makes this process so incredibly difficult, and why so many people are wrong so often. It is an inexact science, and every prospect is a little different, a little unique, and having more data and more information to be able to contextualize the film and make better decisions is awesome and it, it helps make this process so great and so much fun uh, i i love going to mobile every year because you learn things about players you learn things about yourself you learn things about the evaluation process and i think what's really unique for the vikings is they have two defensive coaches that are going to be coaching the national team uh passing games coordinator db coach Dorante jones is going to be the defensive quarter coordinator defensive assistant i, th- I think i pronounced his name right mrj aubrey is going to be the the linebackers coach, and he's going to be coaching a guy named Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State, who's an absolute stud. But he's got a lot of injury concerns. So being able, having guys on the field, talking with these guys, coaching with these guys, having that up close and personal thing can help. The Vikings drafted three players at the Senior Bowl last year, and I don't think that was a mistake. I think that that could become a trend, and we could see uh, the Vikings drafting guys that directly worked with the coaches that are going to be coaching there. There might be one more coach that got added to the assistant D-line coach. Uh, Pat Pat Hill's at Shrine. So oh, that, he's at Shrine. That, okay, okay. That's going to add another level yep. because now you have right. another coach at a different All-Star game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, yeah, that's we're excited for Forno to have boots on the ground there, and we're going to break down his observations uh, on the next week's episode of Purple Daily on Draft. So stay tuned for that. I need uh, some. Well. I need some insight on Roman Wilson. He's one of the guys I like from Michigan, but obviously limited. Uh, that what they do in all, they, they ran the ball a lot. So I wanted. I liked the limited amount of what I saw from him, but I want to see more and how he does just as an individual. I watched him. He goes zoom zoom. He's got mm-hmm. a little bit of nuance to his game, but I, I, I gave him a third round grade. I thought he was, he was good, but I didn't see him kind of show a lot of that next level stuff that I really wanted to see. But the nice part about it is you kind of said run heavy offense. Mobile could right. unlock a little bit of something from him. And I think that's intriguing. All right. So let's get into a live uh, draft sim here. We haven't done this on purple daily on draft. So we'll pull this up. This is actually from uh, pro football network. Old Dex tweets needs to steal Phil Mackey's PFF login so we can have PFF sometimes run this, but uh, I didn't I have that I got you, too. Time. I got you, too. Decker. Miles has one as well, so that actually actually could also work out. So instead, we're going to use Pro Football Network, similar type of thing. There just isn't as much nuanced as uh, as some of the things on PFF, but still a fun draft sim. So I think, boys, before we really get into this, and maybe we can you know make decisions on the fly or as the pick comes up, do we want to go into this mock draft knowing we're going to make the pick at eleven? Do we want do we want to do that before we start, or would you like to field some calls? Would you like to move up or move back, or potentially do you want to do any of that before we really get going here? I just want to have some parameters before we just can go I get on a, the fly. Can I get a quick hot take, Declan, or like yeah. a write that down type of yeah. scenario? Yeah, yeah. The Vikings, it the Vikings will not take a quarterback at pick eleven. Like if they're going to take a quarterback, it will be trading up. It will not okay. be a pick eleven. That's, I feel that. Okay. 
That's probably a safe bet. Fornell, how about you, man? Are you good with making a pick? Do you want us to move? Do you want to try to move up to like four or three? What would you like to do here? I'd say propose a trade and kind of see what see what that looks like. But okay. I, I'm for with a lot of these simulations, just letting the board fall because I okay. think that I think the Vikings are going to be really aggressive in trying to trade up. We know that they did last year, and if they love a guy, let's say hypothetically they love all three, then you just try to get into the top three. And if you love all three, then you're fine with whoever's there. Sure. But I also don't know if they're going to be able to get it done because none of those teams may want to trade. Okay. And I find that that very fascinating. So I, I'm kind of pro team. Let the board fall. Okay. Because I'm not convinced they'll be able to get there. All right. So let's it won't be from lack of effort. For sure. Let's, let's start this draft here. Let's just start and see what happens here. So we're going to start this. The speed might be going a little quick, so I'll try to pause after every third pick. So first three picks. Wow, Caleb Williams won to the Bears, but Joe Alt going number two to the Commanders. They don't take a quarterback. And Drake May, with Gerard Mayo now in town with the Patriots, he goes New England. Do you think New England? I think New England might be a trade-back option right with Mayo there. Could they potentially move back, or are they just going to take the quarterbacks? They obviously need one more than almost any other position. Everything with Washington and New England depends on if they choose to go the veteran route with Dave Canales leaving Tampa Bay. I think it's slightly more likely Baker Mayfield does too. I don't think it's a guarantee. I don't think anything's really a guarantee with this uh, free agent quarterback class, but Mm. you have Kirk cousins, you have Baker Mayfield, and then you have a wild card in Ryan Tannehill. Does he have anything left? I I genuinely don't know. So if these teams look, okay, there's, wide receivers at the top. There's great offensive linemen. Maybe we go the veteran route and take a quarterback later on as a developmental guy. Then we can have at least a baseline for success right now and continue to build. There's a chance that these teams do that. I wouldn't, but I think there's a real chance that they could. And that's why you see Joe Alt being able to go at second overall. Is it smart? That's a whole different discussion. This would just be like them taking Chase Young a few years ago instead of Going the quarterback route. All right, so picks four, five, and six. It's uh, Olani Fashanu, I believe it is, going to the Cardinals at pick four. Marvin Harrison falls to five to the Chargers with uh, now Jim Harbaugh in town, Justin Herbert, big offensive weapon there for him, and then Malik Neighbors, another can't-miss wide receiving prospect. He goes to the Giants um, at pick six. So Jaden Daniels still on the board here if uh, the Vikings are hoping he falls. We'll see what the next few picks go. Dallas Turner, Jaden Daniels to the Falcons, Teron Arnold uh, to the Bears at pick Terry nine. Yeah. Terry and Arnold, okay. I love Terry and Arnold. Yeah. That dude is that dude is special. If he had right. made it to 11, he's one of the names I would have, like, there you go. We got Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? Yeah, like Kool-Aid McKinstry. I thought we were able to make the pick. Obviously did you, Declan, did you forget to select that you, we were going to draft for the Vikings? <laughs> I did. I did select it. I thought I did. Or restarting this draft now, dang it. All right. Let's do this again. I swear I did this already, but. Hey, hold also, on. We'll go. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure you select the number of rounds, too. I'm going to do five just for our time's sake, but. All right, I did. I swear I did this last time. So we'll do this again. Odie Odie is whining. He's very disappointed in you right now, (laughs) Declan. So let this board play out. It's a little different this time. Um, Hey, the the Chargers still coming away with Marvin Harrison Jr. both times. Okay. Uh, That's great for them. So we do have a trade offer here from Denver. We'd move back a spot. We'd get the second. You take that in a heartbeat. (laughs) Take it. So (laughs) here's the rule I have when I use these mock draft simulators. Sometimes they're going to offer you trades that are – 
completely unrealistic in reality. And this is one of them. So I would say no, because there's just no way they offer you a second round pick next year to go up one spot. All right. How about this? This is a repeat of Quasi's first draft. Just going to say that's pretty comparable, except for we didn't get a future pick. Um, So yeah, the Ravens would make the call. They go up to 11. The Vikings go all the way back to 32, but they would get pick 64, pick 95. Next year's second from Baltimore. Next year's sixth from Baltimore. I will say the one thing about this is the one thing the Vikings, if the Vikings can't go get a quarterback at 11 or like move up from 11, the Vikings need picks because they need players. Yeah. And they only have two top 100 picks in this draft. Right. So, again, I know people would freak out about this, and I'm not saying I wouldn't disagree, but the I, the idea behind it isn't bad in the sense that mm-hmm. you, you need capital. You need high-end players on this roster that they're missing. And maybe that's a scenario where you have Kirk back. And if Kirk's coming back, you need to add more weapons and more, more like ammo around him and that team. And I think that's a good way to potentially do it. So I'm not saying I, they should do it, but I wouldn't be as opposed to it as other people might be. And okay. the depth of this draft really drops off at about seventy-five, like top okay. seventy-five, and then it there's a steep, there's a cliff. So this one from the Colts, we move back four spots, get a another second round pick, pick forty-six, and then we'd sw- and we also this, would give up the one hundred and eight. This one feels like a better overall pick. I don't know how realistic it is, but I think okay. I would definitely like that one the most because you move, you don't move back that far, but you get another second round pick. Point value wise. I, I think this tracks relatively well. Does it? Um, okay. It, I think it's a slight overpay for the Colts, but it's not yeah. like it's not an egregious overpay where you're paying a second round pick to go up one spot. Okay. I think we could accept this and feel comfortable with should it. We, real okay. quick, should we just see who's available on the board? Like you can see right there. Yeah, yeah. So right Dallas Turner, agree. like the Vi- the Vikings need edge, corner, D tackle, um, and I think the one thing that you yeah. see is there's at least three edge rushers and a D tackle still left. One yeah. high-end uh, corner. Jared Verse is still there. So I feel yeah. like if you move back four spots, one of those okay. guys, if it, let's say they all have them at the like around the same on their board, you're guaranteed one of those guys, and you get an extra top mm-hmm. 50 pick. So like okay. to me, that makes it a no-brainer. And you could sell this pick because Romo Dunze is still on the board. And yeah, that's... we're going to take it. We're going to take it. Okay. We're not, I'm not going to do another trade. I'm going to reject Jeez, Romo Dunze with Chris Olave. That sounds yeah, beautiful. That's pretty insane. All right, oh. boys. So we got options here. We got Liatu Latu. We got Jerzon Newton. So we got two options there on the defensive line if we want to go. Jared Verse is also there. Cooper um, DeGene, Nate Wiggins. Like, there's <laughs> there's a lot of good players in that in that round for the Vikings that they could use. I, I feel like, right, Latu or Newton are probably the, our, our better yeah. picks here. Do you guys yeah. have one or the other you'd like to do? If medicals are clean, it's Latu, and I don't think yeah. it's close because okay. that. The, for a college pass rusher, you often don't see them come in with two defined moves that they can use consistently. Latu yeah. has six to eight, and he he doesn't have the necessary bend or speed that you love with the pass rusher. So I chop Robinson ended up going at 11 and why he's my number one edge. But what he does have is all the technical prowess and just brute grown man strength. Then when he punches with those hands, he knocks you out. And if the if the medicals look good with the neck, which is the big question mark with him, I think he should go right about here. And I also think with um, the second round picks that you now have, you could focus on finding a D lineman in that range too, an interior <clears throat> D lineman within that range, and maybe even other corner. Okay, let's let's go Latu. Let's 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 assume the medicals are good here. We'll go Latu at pick fifteen. So we made our first selection. 
It is Laatu Latu. It is wild to see Drake May was uh, fell to eight to the Falcons. I feel like in some of those scenarios, obviously in in real life, the Vikings would probably do whatever they had to to move oh, up. But look, look at who Packers, the Packers yeah. took. Yeah, I saw that. Michael Fennix to the Packers at pick twenty five. <laughs> Incredible. Their next, their next gotta guy. love these. Their next good guy. All right, so the Vikings. Let's see, you're run next on the board on forty two. Bo Nix so, to the Lions. Bo Nix to the Lions. Lad McConkey to the Ravens. I love that fit. I love I do that like fit. Him. Yeah, he's good. If yeah. his name wasn't Lad McConkey, people would love him a lot more. But his name is Lad McConkey. <laughs> we have two picks at forty two and forty six here, so this will be interesting. Ah, there's one. There's one that I'm disappointed in though. I really wanted. To see sweat. Yeah, perfect. I really wanted sweat to fall because in that the scenario, only way, would love the to only weird thing him. about Tavondre Sweat is even though he's a nose tackle, he played like eighty percent of his snaps at three technique. Yeah, yep. so that was really odd. But I love that versatility. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings are going to be. We'll be back on the, the board here. He's a two gapper. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back on the board here in four picks. Do we want to take JJ McCarthy? Yes. Yes. Should we just do this? I, yeah. Take him as a future guy here. I, I think. I think. I think you have to. I, okay. <laughs> you got extra capital, and you still get a guy like JJ McCarthy at, at pick forty-two. I think that's just a a dream scenario if you can't get a guy in the first round. All right. So back on the board, pick forty-six. Uh, Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon, goes to the Chiefs. Jackson Powers Johnson goes to the Raiders. Tyler uh, is it Guyton? Yeah. Yep. Hey, yep. I'd expect Guyton to go a lot higher because. The athletic tools are nuts in this offensive tackle class. Like you could have a guy like Guyton sneak up at the like 18th overall. Like th- this tackle class can be weird to see how they come off the board because there's like 12 of them that yeah. could go in the first two rounds. All right, so you Byron, guys, t- Byron, Byron Murphy, Murphy. Yeah. that's that's my like with a dot. Yeah. But I mean, I get it if if there's like Quinian Mitchell is good. Um, I, again, I still think corner is a bigger need than we we want to let on. Yeah. But I no, I don't know how free agency will handle either but i'm i'm intrigued here by brandon dorless now okay. dorless is kind of like a hybrid guy right now i think he needs to put on 10 to 15 pounds but he, he weighs about 275 280 and he can play edge and he can play inside and i think that kind of versatility and what this defense has to offer you put him at five technique and you ask him oh 291 um i i don't know see like it says 291 <clears throat> there and then it says 278 below. I don't know how much he actually weighs, but I think five technique in a three, four is probably what suits him best. Think okay. of what Cam Hayward's done in Pittsburgh for the last decade. I think that's, ex- that's perfect for Brandon Dorless and it beefs up that defensive line. I don't know if I'd like him more than Byron Murphy. I need to watch both in depth. Dorless flashed a lot this year, just like Murphy did. So that's one that I would be very intrigued by. And Quinian Mitchell has great ball skills. He's on my docket. We were recording this Friday morning. He's on my docket today. Uh, I can't wait to watch him and kind of see what that looks like at Toledo because the flashes are really, really good. But it's also the max, so you have to contextualize just a little bit. So it's between Dorless, in my opinion, and Murphy. So Latu's a true edge, right? Yes. Yeah. You can move him inside just like you move Hunter on the inside. He's an edge. Okay. Let's take Murphy. Let's take Murphy because it's a solidified defensive tackle, big guy in the middle that they need. So we will take that. So our first two picks uh, or two picks in the second round are done. We're not back on the board to all the way down to pick 130. So we'll now look at the needs we've up. addressed with this with this yeah. team so far, and we with three top 50 picks. I feel like that's best case scenario the Vikings could find if they didn't get a quarterback in the first round. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, right? Like, this would be yeah. a pretty sweet scenario going to defensive tackle or defensive lineman, I should say, and a future quarterback. Like, that would and be this, awesome. Yeah. And this isn't including free agency, which could really right. mm-hmm. determine how the Vikings want to spend their draft capital. Because, like like I wrote in my mock draft last week, if they see a Romo Dunes or Malik Neighbors at 11, they just may say, we're going to take him because he's just that good. And be, fixing things in free agency really allows you to attack BPA. So board playing out here. We're almost on the clock. Uh, we're just finishing out the first 100 picks. Vikings not Blake on the clock. Blake Fisher to the San Francisco is a good fit. Good value, yeah. too. Hey, now we're in round uh, four. Declan, can we look at when we get when we get to our pick, uh, mm-hmm. uh, running backs? Okay. I'd love to just kind of see what's available. Running backs? Just because I feel like that's a position that they should look to find in this round, too, in this area. Okay. Oh, Spencer Rattler goes to the Raiders at 112. That's a good pick. Okay, we're coming up here. We should, uh, because of kind of the depth in this range, we should we should take a look at wide receiver too. Okay. Because mm-hmm. there may be some value there. I like it. All right, we're coming up here. Fun fact, the Vikings have not taken a, a wide receiver between picks two through four since 2012. Jerry's right, right? Jerry's right and Greg Childs. Yep. All right, so the best running backs on the board. Imani Bailey's He's got some juice. He's a littler yeah. guy, but he's got some juice to him. I I watched a little bit of him uh, recently, but uh, coming soon. No, no, uh, but he, was a, he was a guy I was intrigued by for sure. He's going to be down at the Senior Bowl, so he'll be a guy to keep an eye on. Okay, how about Carson Steele out of UCLA? Uh, Carson Steele has hair as good as mine, and nice. he, he's a really <laughs> interesting person. So he's a Midwest kid. He squats like 600 pounds, and he has a pet alligator. Like it, th- yes. he is an off the wall oh, kind of. Say he's like, he's white, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say he got yeah. that, <laughs> You said it, not me. Well, uh, but you're 100 percent right. He's oh, a unique enigma. Awesome. Blake Watson from Memphis is a true dual threat. Uh, transferred from Old Dominion to Memphis this past year uh, gives you a little bit. I think George Holani screams Baltimore Raven. I don't necessarily think. Yeah, Odie agrees with me. Um, I don't <laughs> think he necessarily. Uh, would fit everything that you want from this game, but I think he can run zone. Jawar Jordan. You. Yeah. Question for now for uh, Steele. Is he the stereotypical uh, like white running back that turns to fullback, or do you think he's like good? And I haven't watched enough of him to have an opinion. I'm just asking the question because I know that like stereotype does happen for the for white for white guys that like look Cooper DeGene is going to get it. Uh, is he going to be moved to safety? Blah, blah all those things, right? Like I'm just curious if Carson Steele is one of those guys that people are going to are going to start saying is going to move to fullback or like hybrid H back type. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the gene stuff with moving, moving to safety that really comes from how great he is at attacking downhill. Yeah, and for sure. It, because he's so good at attacking downhill. I don't, I think he struggles with the ball in the air with his back to the quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't think he's very good at it, but if he's coming at you, he's very, very good. So I kind of see the safety thing. Um, I think with Carson Steele. It's it's going to be some athleticism questions because he's got the strength he's got uh, he's got good vision and he breaks tackles a lot. But how fast is he? How quick is he? I think he's going to have to answer those questions. Yeah. And if he answers them well, I I think it's going to be less fullbacky. But he does have some of those kind of stereotypical things that you talked about, like the leg drive and being able to break tackles with contact. And he he welcomes contact. So he's Kyle so, Uzcheck. That's just what I heard. Right, <laughs> I I think he's more of a running back than Kyle Yuschek. I'm just kidding. But, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the one one guy that like I don't think anybody really grabs me at this spot as far no, as running I don't backs. Think so either. 
No. Um, but let's take a look at receivers. This Jermaine is a really Burton. interesting group of receivers. Uh, Jermaine Burton. I still have no idea how good he is because his last few years at Alabama were chaos. Uh, he was a former Georgia transfer, which going from Georgia to Alabama is kind of funny. Uh, you'd think he'd, he'd get a lot more run. And he flashed, but nowhere near any form of consistent. Malik Washington in the slot at Virginia, which Virginia, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, they were, they were, they were bad. Uh, but they were also dealing with the tragedy of three of their teammates being shot and killed on a bus last November. So it's just a weird time uh, in Charlottesville. Over a thousand yards from the slot. Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry, uh, really technically sound. I don't think he's all that great of a prospect. Um, Taj Washington, I think, is the, the best of the USC wide receivers. Really a slot guy, but can take you deep and okay. take you deep with consistency. Anaya Smith, uh, I'm not convinced he's a true wide receiver. I think he's probably going to be yeah. more of a gadget guy. That Like a Curtis Samuel archetype. That's kind of how I see Anaya Smith. And uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, I don't know. Those Penn State receivers weren't good last year. I, I haven't watched them in depth, but I'd probably stay away at this point. Um, I'm not really in love with any of these let's guys go to, right let's now. Let's go to the all real quick, Declan, like sure. where the board falls yeah. for all. <laughs> and kind of quickly determine something. Well, some I know linebackers around the board there that are best prospects. If he's healthy. If you are comfortable enough with the medicals in round four, because round four has three different types of players, great athletes with no production, great production and not a great athlete and massive medical or off the field question marks. Mm-hmm. Peyton Wilson, if he yeah. had a clean bill of health, you could talk about him potentially in round one. Did our pick get made? No, no, no we're okay. okay. No, the, board, the boards went weird. Uh, should, we, should we take? Yeah, let's just Peyton take him. It's pick 130. If he only plays four years in the league, it's not the end of the world for a fourth round pick. Like that's fine. You, it, it's more of a calculated risk. You'd get okay. fired for making that pick in round one. You're not going to get fired for making that pick in round four. No, give me okay. that. Should we do Declan? Should we just do this last pick and then uh quick uh, go over good. the results and, and bounce? We can, we can, we'll do 155 and 162, but yeah, okay. let's, let's make these picks quicker if we can. All so right. what, what, yeah. what should we do? Should we take a run? Should we take Carson Steele now at running for a running back? Should we avoid that? Maybe I we think get that this the is last a good pick? spot to take a guy like Carson Steele round okay. five. Let's go. Okay. For it. Let's do it. Carson Steele. We got a running back. We got one more pick left and this is just a five round mock too. So yeah. Um, one guy I really like is uh, uh Dalen Holker from Colorado state as a tight end. Kind of more of an H back at this point, but he's a great receiver down the field. And in that air raid, they really used him as a receiver, which we is dra- not something you normally get. We just drafted our H back for now, so we're good. I think Carson Steele is actually going to be a running I'm just, back. I'm just playing. <laughs> what about what about Taj Washington, wide receiver out of USC? I think a little I, slot dependent, but in this offense, I think he'd be fine because they do a lot of condensed sets. And obviously you saw the success Addison had on the outside. Like I, I think in this the best kicker, don't even oh, think about it. It's Troy <laughs> Taylor, the punter from don't Iowa. Don't even think about it. I'll walk off. I'm out. <laughs> My one rule is don't draft specialists. Don't draft. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, so what are we thinking here, fellas? Should we go one more skill position guy. Should we beef things up again on the defensive line? What about O line? Like the O line, the oh. the depth on O line could use okay. some some work too. What do we got some there? Guards, guards are. I guess we can take a tackle. Yeah, there's there's center, not a whole like, lot of guards. We don't. I mean, as of right now, heading into free agency, we have a we don't we have needs at backup center at mm-hmm. uh, back interior left. We have at starting left guard. Yeah. Uh, I think is Blake Randall back one more year. 
I can't remember. He's a and then restricted it, free agent, so yes. Okay, so he'll be back. But then you have another offensive tackle. So like the the depth there is pretty rough for the for the O line, I think. Okay. I don't think Roger Rosengarten's going to be here. I think he's probably going to go late yeah. day two, early day three. He's he's very talented. Um, Ladarius Henderson is a really really good athlete. Hasn't put a lot of consistency on tape at this point. Zion Nelson has been in first rounds of mocks for the last two years prior to the season starting, but okay. he's that something happened where he just wasn't able to continuously put it together though. I think those three would be really interesting dart throws to kind of see, okay, we're going to have you as a developmental guy. Can we make you more than what you are? Let's, um, take, him. Let's take him. And then the, this board will finish out after round five, after it completes, but we'll look at our, I don't know if they'll do Did they give us grades on pro football network? That I don't think so. Okay. So that's it. Okay. Because of the PFF algorithms that they, they do. Oh, results. Okay. So here's, here's of, our results. Uh, you know what I'll say is besides quarterback and uh, and edge, we kind of went uh, less premium. But I think we filled a lot of the needs and found potential for guys where this roster needs it. Yeah. I mean, the fact we the fact the Vikings we, we still didn't have technically a third round pick, but you made two picks in round two, which is awesome. Right. Um, so you get obviously beefing up your defensive line with Latu and Murphy. You find your quarterback of the future in JJ McCarthy. I guess in this situation, Kirk was probably resigned, not a given. Um, but Peyton Wilson, a linebacker, Carson Steele. I mean, yeah, I think we answered like a lot of good questions here mm-hmm. on on this draft. And I also I think, think one, go go ahead, Forno. One thing we we can learn from the Lions is. I think premium positions are still really important and there's obviously yep. data to back that up. But if you take good football players, it'll work itself out in the end. And I think what we're going to end up seeing over the course of the next few years is a revolution with second level linebackers, because if you have really good ones, it can really impact how your defense operates in a way that I don't think uh, analytics is quite going to be able to quantify in in a way like, Hey, when we talk about premium positions, uh, I think things are going to trend in that direction moving forward. I don't really have any data on except just watching the games and be like, okay, look at the teams that are left. They all have great second level linebackers. And I don't think, I don't really think that's a mistake, especially with uh, the two high shells that teams are using. And you have linebackers being asked to do so many different things but you still need to stop the run when you play too high. You're not going to be able to load the boxes. So it wouldn't shock me if that's going to become a massive trend here moving forward. It's also going to be tough because the college game's not giving them to you. Right. And I'm, I'm team like premium position all day, but like you look at a team like the lions, they, this, this last year, like they got criticized and and rightfully so for their first round picks in Gibbs and and Campbell. But those guys have been huge factors for that team. Yeah getting to the NFC championship. And then obviously their second round picks and Brian branch and, and, um, uh, Laporta. Laporta. Laporta, thank you. Like yeah. they found, they found guys that are early contributors that are just good football players. And mm-hmm. I think that in itself, like you said, Forno is huge. Um, but I also think one point you mentioned Declan real quick is JJ McCarthy getting there in the second round. I think what's great for the Viking scenario is if, even if they don't bring Kirk back, no matter what the scenario is, if you could find a guy like JJ McCarthy, within that top first, you know, first two picks, yeah. that still goes a long way for you because that's a high investment on a guy. And then maybe you have a different vet bridge quarterback, you know, let's say hypothetically Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, 
you yeah. you name one of those those guys, I think that's still a good scenario for the Vikings because they can then use that available cap space to help fill out some of the other parts of the roster that they probably couldn't do with Kirk. So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of those scenarios that I think people just like free agency comes before the draft. So you might have to live life going into the draft without Kirk Cousins. And I think that in itself is a reality that people have to explore because yeah. that you can't control. There's things you just can't always control if Kirk gets outbid somewhere else that he might not be back, but you still need to go get a quarterback in the in somewhere within the draft that might not be the first three guys. I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll do more of these live mock draft sims too uh, on this show because that was a blast. So we'll, and we'll have kind of different parameters as I was saying. Maybe we'll go into the draft knowing we're going to trade up or we're uh, for sure Kirk is back, so we're going to make the pick at eleven, etc. So yes. we'll have plenty mock of those drafts are for exploring situations and seeing what happens if this happens, and then everything's a domino effect from there. Because yeah. you know what, a Laramie Tunsil um, bong gas mask could happen again. <laughs> Probably won't, but something crazy like that happens a it lot does, of the dude. time. I mean, and Caleb, Caleb Williams, man, <laughs> Caleb Williams. What happens if Williams dude, falls to five? There are fall. things like that. Can you know, happen. like, oh hey, God. Caleb, if you really want to come to Minnesota, let you know. Let's let's, let's make it. Let's make it work. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and if you guys want to Forno to kind of key in on anyone at the Senior Bowl, drop a comment. Um, I'm sure Forno will be surfing through them. So if you want him to look at anybody, you want looking for anyone uh, in particular, hit up Forno in the YouTube comments or on Twitter as well. And uh, we'll have a nice little full report on our next episode of Purple Daily on Draft. Hit that subscribe button, Daily Vikings Entertainment. This is Purple Daily on Draft. Tyler Fornis, Miles Gorham, Declan Goff here.